Welcome to Prayer Storm Podcast. We trust that it will be a blessing to you and that it will stir you and equip you to be all God calls you to be. My name is Tony Raimi and I have the privilege, <laughs> the honour of being here with my precious friend, James Ladderan, to discuss a topic that is very sensitive and is very pertinent to the time that we are living in right now. And listen, you're going to want to grab your friends, your loved ones, um, and your saved, unsaved friends, whoever you know around this uh, program right now, because I believe it's a discussion that we don't have enough of in the church. And so it takes probably media and different vehicles to carry this discussion on. And my hope is that it becomes an ongoing discussion that you're willing to engage in your churches as pastors and leaders with your congregants. And that is the topic of homosexuality and um, lesbianism and transgenderism and the alphabet community in the church. So, James, <laughs> how are you doing, James? I am doing really well. <laughs> well, thank you so much for choosing to be a part of this discussion. Oh, I'd love to be a part of the discussion. I don't have all the answers, but I think it's a discussion we need to be having. Yeah, and I don't think any of us have all the answers. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what's so difficult about navigating this discussion and topic mm-hmm. is that it's such, it's not something that hasn't existed before. It's just never been so flagrant and mm-hmm. so above the board. Mm-hmm. And, and so optionable mm-hmm. by many people in the mm-hmm. church as mm-hmm. an option and something mm-hmm. that they're seeking and exploring. And so um, I wanted to engage you with this discussion because you had a dream and you called me one day and I'd already had a, a vision, a visitation that you didn't know about and then our past collided. So if you can just start by sharing that dream. Okay, so... Um I think November 2019, around middle of November 2019, I had a dream that didn't make any sense to me based on where my mind was at the time. Mm. I do have dreams, not every night. My wife dreams a lot. I tend to dream significant dreams every now and then. Mm -hmm. I knew it was significant, so I just wrote it down. I didn't even tell her, I just wrote it down. And then later on, I just felt to share it with her because I didn't know what to do with it. So I prayed about it and just left it and thought, well, okay. And then... I felt to share with you later on in January, uh, after I'd taken some action that I felt I needed to take mm-hmm. on the, uh, after having the dream. Yeah. So the dream was, um, I was um, driving my car and right in front of me was a significant Christian leader in the UK. And uh, I was driving behind him. And uh, he was looking in his back mirror uh, and kept, almost like trying to see if anyone was following him. Right. And uh, he then noticed I was following him and he just made a sharp turn to the left. Uh, and that was the end of that scene. The next scene in the dream, um, I was at his church and it was a massive conference. And it was like, you know, something big was going on. And I was in the green room and I was there with the police and I knew we were waiting for him to come in because the police were there to arrest him. Now, mm-hmm. in the dream, nothing was said about what they were going to arrest him for, but I knew instinctively somehow in the dream that this was something to do with abuse of young boys. Wow. So I, 
I thought, now, this is me coming, when I woke up, I'm like, that's really heavy. It's not yeah. like I know anything in the, I don't know anything in the natural. So in my, when I woke up, I think, Lord, is this figurative? Is this real? I don't know, but I just know it's, it's a big deal. And yeah. When he was arrested in the dream, sorry, he came to the conference and he came into the green room and the police were there to arrest him. And the moment he walked in and saw the police, it was like everything is drained out of him. He knew it was over. Right. And so the police kind of got him. And in the dream, it was almost like I was encouraging him as he was being arrested and saying, this was necessary. This was a mm. this is a good thing that's happening. Almost, it, it's kind of strange. It was, it was like I was trying to encourage him not to be discouraged yeah. by saying this was a good thing right. that God was doing. Uh, something actually left her was before these two scenes in the dream, I was with another friend of mine. Um, this one I know very well or fairly well. We've done a few things together. And uh, I was, he was about to go into a conference that he was organizing. And I was questioning him uh, about a politician, another leader, okay, uh, that I knew in the dream he was close to. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, is everything okay right. with you and this leader? Is wow. everything okay? And I was questioning him. And in the dream, he said to me, you know, stop questioning me. You, you, you're going to ruin my event. And he didn't answer my question, wow. but I knew that um, his answer was telling me there was something more. Mm. Now, why I was questioning him in the dream was basically, it was almost like I was trying to see if there was any abuse going on in that relationship. Mm. Uh, if there was anything going on inappropriate. In a, in a context of him being abused sexually or anything, of that sort. Mm. So I, I was trying to ask that question, but not going directly, right. just pushing and and almost like, is everything okay? Mm -hmm. And it was almost like he didn't want to go into it. Mm. And it was like, just stop, just stop right now. So I said to him in the dream, I said, look, you know, um, cause I knew he hadn't told me anything in the dream, but in the dream I was responding to what he hadn't told me. Yeah. And I was saying to him, hey, you know, um, this is not going to be the breaking of your ministry. It's going to be the making of your ministry. Mm -hmm. And that's what I said to him. Almost in the dream, knowing that I was talking into a situation that he wasn't willing to go into yet. Yeah. So it was after that scene, the next thing happens where I'm driving in the car and there's this leader. He turns to the left. Next scene, we're at a church and then, you know, there's a conference going mm. on and the police come in and arrest him. Mm. And, and I guess when you shared that dream with me, I thought the reason you were sharing with me was because you saw the prophecy that I had put online. Now, let me say, I, I don't know why sometimes I try not to listen to certain prophecies, yeah. not because I don't want to, but I almost don't want it to influence sure. anything that no, I'm receiving. Receive. And it comes across like, oh, he's had that dream because yeah. he, oh, he heard. <laughs> I, I, I knew you'd sent, in fact, my wife said to me, oh, Tommy's released a prophetic word that I think you should listen to. Yeah. And... For some reason, I just wasn't ready to listen yeah, to it yeah, yet. Yeah. So up till now, I've not actually listened to it. <laughs> oh, wow, thanks. Well, now we're into full, fully divulging things. Let's just go for it. No, thank you for that. <laughs> so, but it's true. When, when you showed that with me, I thought, oh, maybe you'd watch this. And then you told me that you hadn't watched it. Yeah. And so I had an experience in the Philippines. Mine wasn't a dream. It was a, a, a vision. I just finished preaching and I had this... Um, encounter where I was in London hmm. from the Philippines and I saw a roof coming off the, 
Preston, London. So let's just backtrack. So you're, are you in prayer? Are you asleep? Right. So I'm are in you, prayer, yeah. having an encounter with the Lord about the Philippines that became a word of the Lord for the Philippines that actually touched the whole nation and it's on YouTube and God really opened up the nation in an amazing way and exposed some things that he was doing. But then for some reason, this out of context encounter happened where I was no longer in the Philippines, I was now in London. And as I'm in this vision, a roof is being taken off the London church or what I knew, it wasn't a specific church, it was just called the London church. And as the roof was taken off, I saw the same characters, if not more characters, in the same, in that building, but they were all um, doing things that were uh, uh, morally wrong. And it involved, you know, um, children, it involved uh, uh, homosexuality, it involved lesbianism. It involved things in the woodwork that are not obvious to the natural eye. And mm. I believe that's why the roof came off. It actually looked like when you open a tin of sardines and you peel it back, that's what the vision looked oh, like. Wow, it looked wow. like just a peeling back. Oh, wow. And it was like God was trying to peel back something and say, this is what's happening in the background. What was interesting to me was it was predominantly African churches. Wow. Um, African UK, African Caribbean centered leaders that I was seeing. Mm. Not saying that this is an issue that just touches the black and Asian minority ethnic community, but it's definitely something that's more silent and mm -hmm. not discussed as much. So when I put it out on YouTube, um, <laughs> I've not seen it yet, so I need to go and have a look at this. I, mean, just I can imagine you go a lot of interest. Don't read the comments. <laughs> don't read the comments. Yeah, I mean, hundreds of comments. I can't remember how many hundreds of comments, but most people seemed upset about the fact that somehow I'd relegated this issue uh, mm. to black minority ethnic communities. But it was that which I saw in the vision mm. that I had to declare. I didn't, mm. It's not that it's not a broad stroke issue. It really is. Mm. But I actually believe that because the black and Caribbeans and the Asian and minority ethnics aren't talking about it as much, mm. that there is an uncovering. Mm. And I asked the Lord, why are you bringing this uncovering? And he said, well, it's to restore the fear of the Lord back into the heart of the church and to put people, hold people accountable again. Mm. So what the enemy meant for harm, God was going to repurpose it for good. Mm. I'm so glad that we're coming at this from a prophetic place. Mm. Because, I mean, none of us are um, in any way um, experienced in this topic. <laughs> But yet God has chosen to bring a revelation to highlight something that I think is so necessary mm. um, to, to talk about. Yes. Because the idea of LGBTQ, now TTIP communities, and it's, in, and it's almost kind of invasion in the church is becoming mm. such a big thing. Like yeah. I know people who know people yeah, 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 yeah. who come to church and it's it's an issue with them and and you know, before I used to kind of treat it like a humorous non issue. Mm. I'll be honest, I was guilty of kind of 
making humor or making light out of it, then, you know, you get one or two people come to you after service and go, I brought my friend here because mm. I thought they'd have a safe place to land yeah, to find yeah, out yeah, about yeah, God yeah, and yeah, yeah. they're a lesbian or they're a homosexual and mm -hmm. now they've heard you kind of make jest of it, they're not mm. coming back anymore. Mm -hmm. And so, but then it's like, where do you toe the line yeah. between what's redeemable? I believe people are redeemable, mm -hmm. but then how, it's such an issue. How do yeah. you approach it? I, I would say, I think, you know, the Bible, well, no, I think the Bible says Jesus was full of grace and truth. Yeah. So um, he was not just full of grace, because if we're just full of grace, we would, if we just approach things just full of grace, there will be a moral decline mm -hmm. and a lack of value. Uh, for just holiness and the fear of the Lord. Yeah. So it's not just about grace and it's not just about truth Banging people on the head and making them feel horrible and saying all these nasty things to them because there's I mean That's the church has been known for doing that So yeah. I hope we don't come across as one of those that's just wanting to just yeah. you know uh, Bash anyone yeah. that's struggling in these areas mm -hmm. now what's actually helping me uh, uh, deal with this issue is knowing friends that, that are struggling mm -hmm. uh, in the church um, and even people out of the, out of the church as well. Um, maybe people out of the church have more as accepted that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I know people within the church, friends that are struggling and don't want to live that lifestyle and are, and are seeking for a way out. And I think this kind of conversations opens things up for people to be able to seek help. And when I say seek help, be able to open to others that they trust, yeah. saying, hey, I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. Now, I think the Bible, from my perspective, is quite clear on how God sees morality and how God see, sees what is sin and what is not sin. That's not for me to define. Mm -hmm. I believe scripture has already defined that. And the areas of my life where I read scripture and I find that it's challenging things in my life and I'm open to that challenge. Now, there are people in the church who find themselves in a place where they seem to have embraced a lifestyle um, and now they're trying to find scripture to make that lifestyle okay. Absolutely. And I, I don't feel that the scriptures I read is actually okay with the living out of the homosexual lifestyle. Yeah. I feel the way I see scripture is God is quite clear about his standards and his values. However, having said that, with people that are struggling, I think the church should be a place they can come to. It's a yeah. place where we can come and actually be real about mm. our struggles and find healing and find help, mm -hmm. not be condemned. Mm -hmm. But the sad thing is Christians are mostly known for, uh, I mean, in the secular world, Christians are known as the ones that are always bashing all yeah. those who are struggling. Mm -hmm. And I don't really feel I want to be identified with that. Mm. I want to be identified with those that actually wear open arms, want to help, want to, want to share the love of God, but we also want to stand what we believe the scriptures mm. say. But there's such a, there's such an antichrist spirit running alongside the LGBTQ faith. Mm -hmm. I call it a faith group, sorry. Uh, the, the movement. Mm -hmm. There is a, there's a feeling like Christ is either we, you accept us or as the church, mm -hmm or we delete the question to see the answer. There is no middle ground, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. So how do you combat the combative nature of the LGBTQ ideology in today's age as a leader whilst loving them at the same time? 
Oh, that's a difficult question. I, I, I don't think I have the answer to that. However, I'll tell you what comes to my mind um, when we talk about this issue. I feel like the Lord uh, really stirred my heart about this issue some time ago. Uh, and it wasn't just about homosexuality. It was actually sexual sin in general. in general. So that is pornography, whether it's heterosexual, homosexual, that is uh, gender confusion, that is, uh, name them, all the sexual issues. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of stir in my heart. Now, just to be open here, I struggled with pornography, and this was about nine years ago mm. now, and I had a massive encounter with God where it was broken off of me. And so oftentimes when I talk about this, I like to come from the perspective of, I have been in a place of bondage myself, yeah. But I've experienced the blood of Jesus that doesn't just set me free, but deletes images of my mind. Mm, wow. <laughs> so, so I'm not just talking theory. So when people are saying, oh, James, I'm struggling, I know what it's like. And yeah. I'm not here to condemn you. I've struggled mm. with sexual sin too. So whether it's heterosexual, homosexual, I, well, I've not struggled with homosexual sin, yeah. but I've struggled with pornography. And you're saying the power of God just came and broke that? Or was there a process? Both, it? both. So just to... By the way, I've just written a book. That's going to come out soon where I'll be going into okay. this a bit deeper. Yeah. Not so much the issues of homosexuality as, as much as identifying what is really going on in the realm of the mm, spirit, mm, mm. which I feel I have more of a voice to speak into yeah. based on the revelation sure. I have. Uh, uh, pornography, sexual sin, all these things. Uh, uh, like what we're talking about right now. I believe there's a spirit behind it. And I would say, from the revelation I've had from the Lord, the spirit behind sexual perversion in all his manifestations in our culture is the spirit of Jezebel. Mm. Now, I don't have time to dig deep into yeah. that. However, where I want to land this, uh, and this is where I, I kind of want to connect with your question, that I feel really will bring hope to people that feel hopeless and feel like they're just bound and struggling is, uh, there is an amazing revelation I feel the Lord is showing me of how Jezebel was killed. Uh, that is prophetic of what the Lord is doing in this generation. So without going to all the details, oftentimes when we talk about Jezebel, people think of Elijah. Well, obviously Elijah and Jezebel are kind of like, you know, you know, opposites in many ways. You know, Jezebel was against the prophetic. Elijah stood for that, the word of God, the people of God, and, you know, the purposes of God in his generation. However, Elijah uh, did not uh, succeed in, uh, in destroying Jezebel. Yeah. And uh, he passed on his mantle, double portion to Elisha. Elisha didn't do with Jezebel. Elisha sent his son of the prophet. Uh, we don't know his name, but we know he was sent with a message to go and anoint a guy called Jehu. Yeah. And the prophetic word to Jehu was he was going to destroy Jezebel. And it was a powerful encounter he had. And after he received that encounter, he rode on his horse, the Bible says, furiously to go and destroy yeah. Jezebel. Well, the amazing thing is Jehu did not kill Jezebel. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, this is where I find encouragement for people. And this is where I feel I have a voice wow. of hope to release. Do you know who destroyed Jezebel? It was the eunuchs. The eunuchs were the ones it that had been around. oppressed in their sexual identity. Wow. Because the eunuchs are people whose reproductive organs have been cut off. Yeah. So these people were... They were oppressed in their sexuality for I the purpose you. of advancing Jezebel's agenda. And 
the binding came from the wounding. Yeah. And the wounding started in a private place. So it wasn't something that they were confident of. It wasn't something you could just go and expose to everyone. It was maybe from, a, from an abuse. Maybe they don't even know where the emotions and the feelings wow. came from. And they're under that oppression all their lives until Jehu shows up. Now, I feel like I am a Jehu in this generation oh, right man. now. <laughs> Because when Jehu showed up, (laughs) when Jehu showed up, you know what happened? He just looked at the eunuchs. He didn't even look at Jezebel and says, who is on my my side? side. And you know what they say? He says two or three eunuchs look down at him. And because of the anointing on him, something translated to them. And the influence of Jezebel broke over them in one moment. And they took Jezebel, the same one that they were being oppressed, and threw her down. And boom, that's the end of Jezebel. So the revelation is this, that the people that are actually the most oppressed by the Spirit are the ones that are anointed and called to throw this Spirit down. Wow. So when I see someone struggling with homosexuality, wow, when I wow, see someone wow. struggling with pornography, when I see someone struggling with all these things, I'm like, hey, do you have an idea why that struggle is going on? The enemy wants to bind you before you bind him. Whoa. There's something bigger. The enemy does not go to fight where there are no spoils. Why is he Come releasing on, such man. an inf- such a, it's like a magnitude of an influx of this spirit oppressing a whole generation. Mm. Why? Mm. It's because the enemy can sense something is brewing. Yeah. Something is brewing in the spirit, just like it did when yeah. Jesus was born, you know, killing babies, Moses was born, killing babies. Mm. The same thing right now, because he can sense the prophetic is going to explode on a whole new level. Mm. Sons and daughters prophesy, mm. so he wants to bind them. Now, I want to just say this quickly, and I'll hand over to you now, because I think, for me, the, that revelation is connected to what we're talking about here. Because, listen, when uh, uh, Jehu looked up, and he says, who's on my side? The Bible clearly says two or three. It didn't say two. It didn't say three. It says two or three. It was either two or it was three. Why does, read all the translation, it says two or three. The only other place I can think of that says two or three is where two two or three are gathered in my name. name. (laughs) (laughs) In other words, to see this thing come down is not something we do on our own. Right. It's not something, I'm just going to be in the closet over here. I'm just going to fight this thing. There has to be authenticity, accountability, transparency mm. that needs to come to church. And at the moment, this is the challenging bit because right now the atmosphere is so toxic. People are so easily condemned. They're struggling secretly. They don't want to talk about it. They feel shameful about it. But I feel God is going to begin to shine more light on this because they're individuals he's going to raise up who have been delivered in certain ways. They become a testament of what God can yeah. do. And others who want to walk in that deliverance start to come and say, hey, I am struggling. Jesus. They start to confess to their pastor. Come now, on. your pastor may not be the best person to confess to because they may they, not they, be. They, 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 not, honestly, we're not qualified for the level of thing as pastors that's going on. Absolutely. It, it needs a Jehu. Yes. Or it needs an Elijah. Yes. Or it needs an Elisha. Yes. We're, we're really not qualified for the kind of things coming in. It needs an apostolic or a prophetic anointing. Yes. Yes. to break something yes. or to give credence to something that's been broken. That's why I think we talk about Jehu and Elijah. Mm. Whoever the sword of this one misses, the sword of that one's mm. going to get. Yeah, 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 because absolutely. It, I, I, believe, yes, I believe it's a combination yes. of the two yes, yes, working yes. in tandem. Yes, yes. I think the reason Elijah couldn't do it was because he did it alone. The reason Jehu couldn't do it was because he did it alone. But I think when there's an apostolic yeah. and prophetic convergence, <laughs> ooh, like we're having right now, brother, I think something 
nothing so powerful yeah, is going to happen yeah, that's yeah, going to yeah, shake yeah, 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 it. I love what you said about the Unix. So just just explore that with me. So for the people that are watching, you mean are the Unix the people who are oppressed with this with the homosexual agenda? Exactly. The the. The, the identity of Crisis. it has been affected in their, their privates, in their private lives. Exactly. Uh, because a eunuch was somebody who had been castrated yeah, absolutely. in order to serve Jezebel. Yes, yes, yes. And so are you saying that those people that, that believe that they are born that way, mm -hmm. because to be castrated mm. means that, the, that there's something about you that is now fully identified yeah, with yeah, who yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you saying that it's those people that are going just two or three agreeing in that in that community I believe God down? this is why I feel God's doing and what is going to do more of I believe there's a move of God coming to the homosexual community I believe we're gonna see high profile people high profile people who have been known as in that lifestyle all of a sudden start to have encounters with Jesus. God, the real God, not the God that's condemning them, yes, but God. the God that wants to bring them out. Because no one can do this. I can't do this in my own strength. It's something that we need a God intervention. Absolutely. And as some of these high profile people are gonna to begin to come out, it's gonna be like, wow. Because there's something going on right now in the culture about conversion therapy. And you know, there's, I don't know if you've seen stuff about that. About I'm not talking about just trying to talk people out of something. something. I'm talking about an encounter with God. I I really do believe there's a move of God coming in that community. You think Ella DeGeneres is going to be <laughs> I am believing for that. Oh, man. I am believing for high-profile high people, profile people who have been known to live this lifestyle, have an encounter with God. Because to be a eunuch in those days, you had to be trusted. Mm. You weren't just allowed to take care of the queen. That's why they castrated you mm. so that you wouldn't into temptation mm. of seducing yeah, the yeah, family. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so you were eunuchs of influence. Mm -hmm. so you weren't just eunuchs. Yeah, absolutely. So what you're saying, <laughs> I mean, my spirit is just dancing right now because who knew that the secret to transforming a community was going to be sourced in the power of revelation and insight into what's really going on in yeah, the backstage. Yeah. And once that gets exposed, something gets broken off of a people that convergence therapy and all of that behavior modification mm -hmm, stuff mm -hmm. can't do. Mm -hmm. Now, here's a question for you. Do those people stay as eunuchs? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I don't know. However, I'm thinking of a prophet from Glasgow. You might know her, Emma Stark. She, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't know Emma Stark? God bless she, she, I remember her sharing a story of, uh, of how she prayed for someone that had private issues. I think yeah. they didn't have a certain organ. <laughs> Don't tell me, Kubak. You're not going to tell me right now, Kubak. We're not going here. We're not going here today, bro. You're going to tell wait, me wait, God wait, did wait, a creative I'm just miracle. telling you what I heard, okay? I haven't experienced I don't know anything about this. This is what I heard her say. Woo. Where someone had a creative miracle in that part of their bodies. Now... God is able... To, I'm not saying God's going to do that oh, for no. every single eunuch. I'm not saying yeah, we're going to... Yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to limit what God can do. I wow. don't know. I just know God is going to move. 
in that community. And there is such an intimidation right now, even over people who are carrying the truth, who want to love that community, because there's almost like a militancy sometimes with anything that is slightly opposing anything of their lifestyle. And, and, and so people just cower away and don't want to actually show the love, but also be truthful where we need to be truthful and be bold about it, mm. unashamedly. Because, I mean, we, we, we have to be. I mean, how, why, should we be, why should we be afraid? Because, listen, that's what Jezebel wants. That's what she wants, to intimidate. <laughs> and I, oh, Jay, you're blowing my circuit boards again. I actually believe God is going to touch. I believe this. I believe God is going to touch Ellen DeGeneres. Mm. I believe God is going to touch Caitlyn Jenner. Mm. I believe there's going to be such a move of God upon their hearts Amen. that's going to confuse and shake the system mm. more than anything before. Yeah. But you talk about the eunuchs. Those are people that I pray about. When yeah. I, see them, I, just, I just, you know, you just speak in tongues over them because if... God can transform absolutely to to say we've had enough because the truth is Jezebel when she was about to be exposed wore makeup mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I believe the the community is filled with people who are tired of the makeup mm. I believe it's filled with people who are tired of the PR yeah tired of the whole sensationalizing of the movement yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything always reaches its full measure before something gets tipped over mm -hmm, and poured mm -hmm, out mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know when I look at who finished who totally annihilate well didn't even annihilate Jezebel because you can kill the person mm -hmm. as an isolated person, as mm -hmm. an isolated apostle, an isolated prophet. But I believe when the two come together, I believe the apostolic, the prophetic, yes. when it marries the warfare assignment Absolutely. that it was supposed to intended to originally, not this museum mm -hmm, mm -hmm. called Christianity. Mm -hmm. I believe in the the real shaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you bring such that's that kind of apostolic prayer movement mm -hmm. that the nation so needs. Yes, and when it when it marries itself together, I think it's going to change the earth. When you look at John the Baptist, and we talk about mantles. Mantle of the prophetic came to Elijah, then he didn't do it, came to Elisha, yeah, then yeah, he yeah, didn't yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. Actually, that camel fur mm -hmm. that Elisha wore, it's believed among some that it was hidden for centuries wow. because it said one shall come in the spirit of Elijah. Wow. So it was believed that it was hidden by priests for centuries. And that's why we see when John was born, the Bible said he wore camel fur. Yeah, 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 the yeah, same yeah, camel yeah, yeah, fur yeah, 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 that Elijah wore because wow. it was believed that his birthing, the priest would have given it to him mm. to say the mantle of Elijah is now upon you. Mm. And we see what happened with this Elijah, mm -hmm. that a woman was possessed yes. by what I believe was the spirit of Jezebel. Mm -hmm. I believe she was fulfilling the first king's promise that mm -hmm. I will avenge mm. the prophets for what they did. Yeah. And the, whilst we kill the institution and the person of Jezebel, mm. apostolically, prophets are called to kill the spirit the spirits, behind the it. Spirit, and yes. so here's that seductress traveling through centuries later into this woman, and she's dancing, and she's sumptuously well, the Baptist, pleasing the as king. As in the, the Herod, is that the Herod, Herodias? Right. Sumptuously yes. pleasing Herod. And he said, I'll give you half my kingdom. What do you want? Imagine the ambition of this woman possessed by a spirit who had half the kingdom. In her wisdom, she should have said, I want the half of the kingdom that has the prison where John is. <laughs> but she was so possessed by a need to kill the prophetic yes. 
that she wanted the head of Absolutely. the movement. <laughs> and I just believe we're, we're, we're in that season now where Jezebel is dancing again, mm, where there is a sumptuous, yes. promiscuous, yeah. pornographic, yes. explicit celebration. More than ever before. More than ever before. Yeah. And when there is that flagrant abuse of mm-hmm pornographic image mm-hmm. it just reeks of desperation yeah. it reeks yeah, of yeah, fear yeah, yeah, yeah. it reeks of we're intimidated <laughs> yeah, that yeah, these yeah, prophets yeah, yeah, and yeah, apostles yeah. are going to figure something out and mm-hmm. come together mm-hmm. and tear mm-hmm. our kingdom mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. so just speak to that speak to a hopelessness in the body of christ mm-hmm. about speaking about this thing how much can we say are we called to be bolder on this issue mm-hmm. and if we are where's the appropriate forum for that Well, I believe what we're doing right now is a good starting point. Um, I believe the power of sin is often in its secrecy Mm. and the enemy wanting to just keep things in the dark. So we need to shine the light, you know, where people of the light have no fellowship with the works of darkness, but expose them, whether they're in us or in anyone else, expose the works of darkness. When we come around darkness, we have no choice in that it's not something we choose to do or not because we are light. We naturally <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You walk in, whatever's hidden is exposed. So when we start to do this, people are going to be uncomfortable. Right. People are going to react. And you've got to realize the Holy Spirit sometimes, when he works and he brings conviction on people, they can manifest differently. Mm. Conviction on one hand in Acts 2, they're caught to the heart, oh, we want to get right with God. On the other hand, Peter preaches, uh, no Peter, Stephen preaches, conviction comes on them. They're Mm. caught to the heart and they pick up stones and stone him to death. Mm. It's the same Holy Spirit at work when the message was preached, but the reaction was different. And we have to be okay with the fact that this is going to happen. People are going to get angry. They're going to get mad. They're going to, how dare you bring that up? How dare you talk about this? You know, and it's okay. As long as we're walking in love, as long as we're walking in what we believe God has called Mm. us to, and we're loving people, but also being able to speak the truth. And not, see, one of the things, one of the problems I have with this whole topic of the homosexual thing is that sometimes in the church, people elevate this issue above above every other issue. Yeah, as if it's (laughs) the biggest issue, yeah. But the people kind of slaying and talking about homosexuals being wrong and blah, blah, they're sleeping around. <laughs> they're watching pornography. They're lying. They're it's stealing. True. Do you think God doesn't think that's wrong? It's true. It's true. But somehow you've excused that sin because you're like, well, those people are there, they're totally wrong. No, 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 no. When you step into the holiness of God, like Isaiah, the things you thought you were okay with, all of a sudden you're saying, woe is me. Yeah. Woe is me. Yeah. So forget about pointing the finger mm. at anyone. If I, at this point, I want to speak to people that are watching, that are struggling, thinking, how am I going to get out of this? You know, God, what do you, I want to say to you, listen, there is hope. Mm. I cannot bring myself to believe. In fact, I do not believe we serve a God that just wants you to remain in that place of just struggling and just, just being there. If the blood of Jesus can break chains, then why Come not on. the chains on your life? Obviously, the testimonies of him doing that in other people's lives. When I was struggling with pornography and I was under the influence of Jezebel in my life in its own manifestation, 
it was it seemed to me like you know what i guess this is just gonna be the rest of my life every guy struggles in this way and yeah. this is just the way it is no no no. it doesn't have to be that way yeah. the blood and the cross is not there for sin management it's there for sin eradication Woo! and i'm not gonna settle for just managing something i'm called to eradicate <laughs> so don't settle i know you feel like you struggled you fell again don't you prayed again. don't settle i'm gonna say don't settle we're gonna contend and we're with you. I don't, I'm not sitting here going, oh, you know, you're struggling over there and I'm perfect over here. No, no, We are with you. We're contending for the anointing right, necessary right, to break right, this right. thing because God is going to do it. It's not going to be by our power. Yeah. It's not going to be by our might. It's by the spirit. Yeah. Also, just a slight tangent. In that dream I had, there was a sense that God is exposing, and even in what you've just said, because I'm not yet listening to your prophecy, <laughs> about God is going to start to expose this in the leaders in the yeah, church yeah. because... There is a lot of things going on in the church, in our pulpit, that, don't know that God is well. not happy about. Yeah. And some of it is connected to this very issue we're talking about And right I agree now. with you. And, and the truth is, judgment has to begin at the house of God. In the of house God. of God, yes. Before we touch the other mountains, the other spaces, it has to begin there. And something, one day, a woman, when the gay marriage bill was getting ready to be, mm. it wasn't even a bill, it was passed through the courts <laughs> that it was meant to be approved and okay. Because they, I think they knew if they passed it by the people, we weren't at that place where we were going to vote gay marriage mm. through. So especially in America, they passed it through the court system mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they did with abortion. Yeah. And, and so it's not yet a legal statute or a legal thing. But when it happened, somebody said, are you going to come outside Parliament and, and strike with me? And uh, against it. And I thought, well, I would be a really bad Christian if I didn't protest. And, but then I went back to pray and I said, God, what do you think about this? And... I just remember hearing the sigh of God, like, mm. <sighs> wow. Like I, I'd never heard God sigh before. Wow. And he sighed in me. I was like, God, what was that? And he said, oh, my people love to fight against gay marriage when they haven't yet fought for marriage. Wow. <laughs> I was flat. I was flat on the floor. Like, 50% of marriages in the church are breaking up. Yeah. And here we are having a bigger fight for gay marriage when we haven't hmm. even, we're not even defending. We're trying yeah. to strike goals and we're, yeah. we're not hitting the defense line. And something in me thought, we've lost our place of holiness. Mm. We've lost the authority, not self-righteousness, mm-hmm. but the authority of purity. Mm. The authority of standing in a place where... Yes, I have desire, but I want God to be my desire. Yeah. Jesus had desire. People need to know this. I yes. think people, people think, well, we follow this law of the world where if I feel like it, I must be it. <laughs> you know? There are days me and my wife look at each other and we're like, woo, you're fine. And there are days we look at each other and we're like, the blood of Jesus. <laughs> come out of her and Jesus. Come out of him. Let him go. You know? We just, it's just real life. Yeah. There are some days where you look and you just go, come on, like, we look at each other like, come on, man, she looks, you need to go to the gym, bro, you're looking, you're looking big. But, but at the end of the day, if I was to follow the logic of desire, mm. where the Bible says the heart is deceitful, mm-hmm. it's severely immortally yeah, sick, yeah, 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 out yeah, of it yeah. comes these evil desires. Yeah. What makes worship so pure mm. and what makes holiness, holiness? is not that God changes our desire immediately, it's that we choose his desire above yeah, our Yeah, absolutely. And that's what purifies it. Jesus had a desire. His desire, I don't want to die. Mm. That was his, I don't want to die. I just don't. 
God, if there's any other way, I'd be the same. Wow. If I'm there and I know I'm about to be crucified, but God, if there's any other way right now that I don't have to die, please yeah, let this cup pass yeah, from yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not the less, not my oh, will, no. but yours be done. So when people say, well, will it change my desire for men? Will it change my desire for women? Will it change mm -hmm. my... I don't think that's what the question of mm, holiness. Mm. I think the question of holiness is, regardless of whether it changes your desire, are you going to say, yes. not my will, yeah, your but will. yours be Absolutely. done? Because that's the purity yes. that God is looking for. Yes. You know, we think that Christianity is pain-free. Mm. We think that you, you know, the blood is free. The anointing will mm -hmm. cost you everything. You know, holiness mm -hmm. will cost you. Absolutely. All of these things. We all have desires as yes, human beings. Yes, Desires that are ungodly. Ungodly <laughs> desires. And just because it's legal doesn't mean yeah, it's godly. Right. Yes, yes. And I think we have to get back to Absolutely. the place where we're telling people, hey, you know, just because it's a desire and a feeling that's been legitimized or legislated mm. doesn't mean we can't still choose God. Yes, yes. And I know people, I know people who are watching right now who are struggling with mm, that place of, mm, I've chosen God, mm, I've chosen Jesus. I know a man, I love this man to pieces. He loves Jesus, but he's very affectatious. He's a mm, Nigerian guy, he loves mm. Jesus, very affectatious, still got all the, yeah, the yeah. characteristics, but he loves Jesus, yeah. and he's chosen Jesus. Mm. And everything in him just, choose. that's why I asked you, do you stay a eunuch after the, <laughs> because he still loves Jesus, but he struggles just like, yeah. you know, I struggled with porn, yeah. I struggled with lust in women, and just like yeah, any yeah, other yeah, struggle, yeah, but yeah, every yeah, day yeah, you have yeah. to wake up and choose and Jesus. And no, choose, yeah, you know, absolutely. You just have to wake up and make a choice for Jesus, mm -hmm. and, and that, I think that's where the Bible says we offer up our bodies a living as, sacrifice. Yes, yes. It's, it's not a dead sacrifice, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's always going to be a living screen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we're still going to offer it up anyway because most people don't have eternity in their viewpoint. Mm, and mm. I think when eternity is in front of you, everything else pales. Everything else, <laughs> everything Absolutely. else is pale in mm. comparison. I, I, I often say, I want the Lord. I, I don't want it to be that when I stand before the Lord, um, I am shocked on the day of judgment as he shows me what he intended and what I ended up, <laughs> what I ended up living out yeah. because of my ignorance yeah. or because of my selfishness. Mm. So I often pray. You might want to pray this, Lord, shock me now. <laughs> shock me now. Don't, don't shock me then. Yeah. Because on that day of, by the way, everyone's going to be judged. You have the believers' judgment. See, it's different to yeah, the unbelievers. Yeah. Believers are going to be judged. Read your Bibles for the works we do, and our works yeah. are going to be tested Angels by fire. Are going to be judged. Exactly. Yeah. And and. There's going to be a judging of the kind of things we have done mm. on the earth in service to God. Yeah. And some people's work will be burnt up. They will be saved, but their work... So they're going to look at that with a bit of regret and sadness. Yeah. I don't want my work burnt up. I want to see my work go out and come out like gold. Yeah. When you put gold through fire, it just changes from oh, solid to liquid. Yeah. It doesn't change quality. Right. But if you've invested in lots of wood, which mm -hmm. is what you say in First Corinthians, you, I give you ten pounds, and you buy, so I give you ten thousand pounds, and you buy ten thousand pounds worth of wood, yeah. and you or you choose to buy ten thousand pounds worth of gold yeah. in terms of quantity. Yeah. 
the wood looks a lot, yeah. but the gold looks very little. Yeah. When they go through fire, you have ashes on one hand, <laughs> and then you have something that's just changed state. It's not changed wow. quality. And it's going to test our wow, work wow, for wow, what wow, quality wow. it is, for what Come sort on. it is, yeah. not for what size it is. Woo! So there's something going on there that I'm like, God, shock me, me now. now. Not then. So yeah. I know God's challenging me in areas of my life, and I'm not going to compromise and say, oh, you know what? Because everyone else is doing this and it's yeah. okay, and you know, no one notices. I'm just gonna mm. carry on with this, you know, this attitude that God's mm. challenging me on. No one knows it, but God sees it, mm. and He will judge me eventually if I don't listen to Him. So we're all trying to say in our lives, we are seeking to deny self mm. and follow Jesus. However, I want to share this story because this was incredible to me. It wasn't anything I had any uh, kind of. It wasn't like I was praying into this issue at this time, but it just happened, and I heard it two years later and was like, "Wow, that happened." And I wrote about this as well in the book. The book is coming out this year at some point. I've not got a title for it yet, but it's going to be dealing with these issues. And I want to title it right because I don't want to scare off the people that yeah, I actually yeah. want to reach. You know what I'm trying to get at? Anyway, maybe you can help me with that. <laughs> Calling the unit. <laughs> I put um, Ellen behind. I, I, I don't know if there's copyright issues. <laughs> so I was speaking at the church and we had like a prayer storm meeting, prayer meetings and whatever. It was all day. Last session in the evening, um, <laughs> what's this? LGBTQ, let God be true quickly. <laughs> I'm I'm stop it, stop yeah, it. Yeah. Carry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> I knew you were going to do this. I know, I'm sorry. So, <clears throat> so, we're at this meeting. It was amazing, been amazing all day. Mm -hmm. Last session, preached and went into a time of prayer, gave an altar call. I do this often at meetings. People come forward and, you know, you can see conviction of God on people because they're weeping and turning to God. And we're just praying. I didn't think anything much of that meeting in that we've, I, we see this happen often. Well, two years later, I went back to that region and had a meeting. Uh, I wasn't... Actually, it was the same meeting you, uh, we spoke at in Preston. Okay. Yes. Okay. I don't know yes, if you remember this. I do, I do, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just clocked you were that amazing. Yeah. So I don't know if I was about to speak or you were about to speak. One of the young people came up and shared yeah. a testimony yeah. and said, um, I think he was talking about youth ministry he was just starting. And then he said about how he used to live a homosexual yeah. lifestyle and how God delivered him and how mm. he had an encounter. So I'm just like, wow. That's incredible. Like, yeah. this is an amazing testimony yeah. for lots of people to hear. And then the next thing he said shocked me. He said, oh, and that happened to me at a prayer storm event. Oh, and I was like, what? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> so, I so afterwards, I went to speak to him and his parents, yeah. more his parents, mm. just asking what really happened. And apparently two years earlier at that altar call, he was at the meeting. He didn't want to be there. He was at the back of the church, was just mad at God, mad at his parents. And he said he doesn't know how he ended up at the front, at the altar, when the altar call was given, just crying out to God, repenting. Mm. And he has a vision. Jesus comes and gives him a hug hmm. and all the chains fall off. <laughs> I'm like, wow. what? I had nothing to do with it. It wasn't like I was praying for deliverance from homosexual spirit or anything. Mm. I, 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 we were just seeking God. Mm. And he came and did that. Don't tell me God did that then and doesn't want to do that yeah. now to other people. Yeah. And when I hear a testimony like that, like, oh God, it's kind of like when you see God heal people in a certain area that you believe in for more healings in, yeah. and you pray for other people, yeah, you don't see the healings manifest. Mm. Like, oh God, you've done it there. I know you, you want to do more of it. Mm. 
a faith is stirring that God wants to move in this community. Yeah. So, and there's another story I have someone else being set free as well. And it wasn't often things that we deliberately went after. And I'm not saying, you know, there's no place for people to pray in that, in that line. But I'm just trying to show you that there is a power that's available to us in the Holy Spirit that will and can break away hmm. every chain. Not some chains, every chain. Yeah. So do not settle. Yeah, and I think you're so right. I think, I think something you said stood out to me. It's not like I tried to go after it. Mm. I think we've made homosexuality the strong man. Mm. I don't think homosexuality is a strong mm. man. I think Jezebel yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah, we're yeah. like, oh, what are we going to do about homosexuality? And God's <laughs> like, what are you going to do about Jezebel? <laughs> homosexuality is the distraction, you know? And you went after the right thing. Mm. You know, you bind the strong man, everything yeah, else gets taken yeah, yeah, care yeah, yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. that's the secret. We've got to stop getting distracted by what the sideshow yes. that the enemy's putting on and focus on the main thing. Yes, the main and thing. And then we'll see things taken down. Let's finish on this point. I was, when I started my first ministry ministry, uh, you don't know this, but I, I wrote a book called Sex Talk. Really? Somebody, somebody <laughs> reposted it on my Instagram and brought a haunting blast from my phone. <laughs> they're like, I bought this book and I'm still reading it. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know if it was theologically correct, but you know, I struggled for years with uh, sexual sin. I was sexually abused when I was five years old by a man who wow. was a lot older than me. And then I, tr God transformed me. It was actually that experience that brought my parents to the Lord. Wow. Years later, I, when I ministered to them, and, and they just had an amazing encounter with God that they rededicated their hearts to Christ. And, and you know, now my parents are pastors, which is wow. really amazing. Um, but I struggled for years with my, not my sexual identity, but with my with the fact that I so went in the opposite direction mm. because I was proving I wasn't that. Mm. I dated everything that had two legs and had long hair. <laughs> oh, wow. And it was terrible. It was the worst thing because when I got saved, the momentum didn't stop. Wow. It, it was like the, the, the I got saved, but the habit didn't get transformed. And that mm -hmm. was a hard transition period for mm -hmm. me starting prophetic ministry so early mm. and realizing one day I started a church and I dated every single girl in my church. <laughs> I, I was like, I dated you, dated you. And they're all looking at me scornfully and I'm like, why are you all? Oh, 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 yep, I get it now. Oh gosh. And, and, so, and so I started this mission called Sex Talk and God told me to go around the churches for three years and embarrass my sin before my sin embarrasses me. Ah. That was the slogan. And that became the slogan of the ministry. I would rather embarrass my mess than my mess embarrass me. And wow. my first message was called Pastor's Confessions. You can imagine everybody came. It was like, the pastor's going to confess. What's he going to say? And my mom came. Oh, dear Jesus. And so my mom's there, and I'm preaching about stuff that I did in my, ha in my parents' house. I mean, I am exposing myself raw. I am, wow. I am telling yeah. things, and I'm not using lust or euphemisms. Mm. I am going in detail into, without being too flagrant, into things that I believe everybody was struggling with. Mm. And also, right at the end of it, I mean, people ran to the altar. I did not do an article at any meeting. People would run to the altar, and they would scream, God, I'm a lesbian, deliver me. I mean, Ooh. one woman jumped out of the choir, cried on the floor. 
God, I'm a lesbian, deliver me. And then people are screaming. Ah. And it was so pure. It was so raw. I can feel it that, as you're saying yeah, that. It's no, like, nobody can make up what happened in those meetings. For three years, we ran that tour. And in the third year, God told me it's okay to take the book down, which I did, because it was three years of just me cleaning out and people being cleaned out my mind. And I remember one guy came to me in the third year of my tour, never forget him, came into, to, he came to the meeting, came to the front, no affectation about him, just a regular looking guy, and I prophesied over him, and he was crying as I'm prophesying, weeping. The next day he says, can I come meet you? And I said, sure you can. And so he comes to the house where I'm staying, and he says, has God told you anything else about me? Hmm. And all of a sudden, my spirit just went, he's gay. And I just said, are you struggling with homosexuality? And he broke down crying in front of me. He said to me, why didn't God mention that to you yesterday? And I have that same question. God, why of all the things you would hmm. mention in the prophetic, you didn't mention that? And I just remember God speaking to me. I know the worst and I think the best. Wow. <laughs> you just love God. And I think, I think there are people watching right now who are eunuchs that you, you were talking about, who are struggling, who think God's just angry with me, he hates me, I'm on the other side of him. It's like those people you preach to about hell, and they're like, yeah, I love hell, and I know I'm gone there. I think the gay pride thing, is, I don't think people are, are really... I think people are just like, yeah, I know I'm going to hell and I'm, I'm a hell child and I'm going into that rebellious life fully. But there are people who are really, the conscious is speaking to them right now. Mm. And they're watching this and they're those eunuchs who believe they're called to kick Jezebel out and mm. expose it. They may not feel like they're going to meet you change, but they're like, God, I'm ready to, set, to come to my Gethsemane moment and put my desire down for your desire. Can you speak to those people? Yeah, right absolutely. Now? Father. And just pray for them. Actually, before I pray, um, I'm just so touched by what Tommy uh, shared there. And I hope you can sense or feel, and this comes across even on camera, what we're feeling and just sensing here. And just the love of God, yeah. the heart of God. When we're here to condemn, we're saying there is hope. Yeah. There is another way. You don't have to accept the way everyone else is saying you have to, because you can sense in you there is another way. Mm. And so we want to encourage you to walk in the yes, light. Yes. Father, I want to pray for every person right now yes, watching sir. this that's struggling, that's in that place where they find the confusion, they cry themselves to sleep at night, struggling, and just, just dealing with all these emotions and thoughts that they don't even know where it's coming from. Father, I thank you that your blood is strong enough to break every chain. You've done it before, Father. So Lord, we're asking, would you do it again and again and again and again? Right now, Father, shine your light on darkness mm. in areas of people's lives where they have no idea even what the root has been. For some of you watching, it might have been abuse. For some of you mm. watching, you have no idea where it's come from. You just felt those emotions. It mm. might have been pornography you were exposed to as a young person. You have no idea. You just all of a sudden start to feel weird. For some of you, there is no, there's nothing you can connect in your life as yeah. to where this has come from. Regardless of what you identify with, I just want to release the grace of Jesus God over name. you right now that breaks 
every chain, just like with testimony is shared, where Jesus came and embraced this young man and chains fell. Father, I'm asking that you'd release the presence of Jesus into the homes, into people's uh, uh, offices, into wherever people are right now listening to this, that your presence would just begin to embrace them. Break off the condemnation. I break off that condemnation over you right now. And I just declare that the love of God breaks into your world in a way you've never known before, where the chains fall of where he brings order to your mind and where all you want to do is to please him the reason why you feel so attracted to the other things of the world is because you've not really been attracted to a whole new measure Mm. to his face when you see him everything else pales in comparison so father i pray that there'll be a new revelation released over everyone watching right now that's connecting with this message and wants to live in freedom that Mm. they will see you in a fresh way the chains will fall off and they will be a testimony and Lord, just like the eunuchs through Jezebel Dan would say, it's time. As a Jehu, I'm coming to you right now and saying, who is on the Lord's side? Throw her down. And right now, I empower you in the grace of God to begin to throw down that which has been oppressing you yes, for God. all your life. Now is the time. Now throw her time. down. When I say throw, I mean that spirit. We throw her down now yes, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes, and I just want to speak to specific situations. I was just seeing while James was talking that there was somebody who you hadn't even told your parents that this is something that you were struggling with and you feel the shame of the rejection of the fear of telling them they're actually African parents and you're struggling as a young man in your identity. Father, I just break that lie of the enemy and that confusion and that shame off of that precious one right now in the name of Jesus. I see somebody where it looks like a, a mother died and, 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 and there was a, a, a father that wasn't even there or absent. And there was such confusion looking for a place of acceptance that you were rejected by the church, rejected by society, so you found it in a new community. Father, I just break where the stronghold of the enemy has come into mm. the mind right now. Lord, I speak, who the sun sits free Amen. is free indeed. Lord, I speak to all depression, suicide, fear associated with this, uh, this uh, uh, desire. Mm. And God, I ask you, would you empower mm. the eunuchs to kick Jezebel out of the window? Amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to Prayerstone Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed today's edition. For more information and teaching, and if you'd like to get connected, please visit www.prayerstone.org.